from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta. Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Good morning. My name is Becky Kelly, and I currently serve as an elder on the session here at First Pres. Would you please join with me in the call to worship? We gather to give thanks, for God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. We gather to praise, for the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. We gather to sing, for God is exalted among the nations. God is praised in all the earth. We gather to worship, for Christ is King, yesterday, today, and forever. Let us worship the Lord our God. to Colossians 1, 11 through 20, which can be found on page 188 in the New Testament. Listen for and hear the word of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. 
All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is the 46th Psalm. I invite you to read along in your pew Bibles on page 489 in the Old Testament. Here again, God's word. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord God, speak to us through this old, old word so that we might be made new. In Christ's name, amen. I exchanged messages with a friend this week, just the normal kind of messages we all share, checking in, catching up. My friend was sharing his thoughts on a number of things that are happening in his life and things that are happening in the world around us. And at the end of his message, he said that these days he is, and I quote, one anxious Christian. I think he was trying to be a little bit lighthearted uh, in the midst of anxious times, but as I read that, I couldn't help think how significant it was that he put those two things together, feeling anxious and worried and unsettled, but also holding tightly to his identity as a Christian. I couldn't help but think about just how many anxious Christians there are today as people around the world look for ways to live safely, look for ways to practice their faith in the face of violence, I couldn't help but think about our nation as we prepare for a new president, as we watch and wait day by day to see who will be appointed and asked to lead. I couldn't help but think about our region, this beautiful part of God's creation in the Southeast that is burning 
and devastated by drought. The list of things that can make us anxious could go on and on. And as I read my friend's message, I also couldn't help but think that this moment in time in our country was bound to make us anxious. Now, I see some of you looking anxious, wondering whether this is going to be a sermon about the election. It's not. But it is a sermon for this moment in time. And in the last week and a half, at least, we've learned that millions of the votes that were cast for each of those candidates were expressions of anxiety and fear. Anxiety and fear that nothing would ever change, or anxiety and fear that everything would change. The election season built up huge expectations, positive and negative ones, and in the days since, we've seen the results of those expectations, of those investments of confidence in particular candidates. And some of our neighbors are celebrating, and some of our neighbors are distraught. However, each of us voted a week and a half ago. The experience has shown us that there is division in our country. Friends and neighbors and maybe even people in the same families have taken opposing sides and held tightly, desperately even, to their positions. But today, from these two scriptures, we hear a call to hold tightly, especially when we're anxious and fearful and desperate, to hold tightly to Jesus Christ alone. Today, as Tony mentioned in the welcome and announcements, is a liturgical celebration called Christ the King Sunday. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands or how many of you woke up this morning and said, yes, it's Christ the King Sunday. It was a feast day created to celebrate the Lordship of Christ over, against, and above any earthly authority. Unlike Christmas and Easter and Pentecost, these holy celebrations that are thousands of years old, Christ the King Sunday is only 91. It was started in 1925, a time when politics and power and violence were creating chaos, particularly in Europe. Russia had just been through the Bolshevik Revolution. Communism was gaining strength. The fascists and Mussolini were in power in Italy. And in Germany, the Nazi party was formed and people were starting to line up behind Adolf Hitler. The Pope, Pope Pius XI at that time, saw all of that tumult, saw that economic and political forces were trying to claim authority in the world, and he responded by creating a new day, a day in the liturgical year, happens to be the last day before the new liturgical year starts with the first Sunday of Advent, a time for us to stop and celebrate the kingship of Christ. It's a statement of radical trust in Christ alone. Now, don't get me wrong, friends. Confessing the Lordship of Christ does not mean that we should stop caring about who represents us. It does not mean that we should stop participating in government. I think we would all agree that we need capable and responsible and thoughtful leadership 
not just in politics, but in our churches, in our schools, in our communities. But today, on Christ the King Sunday, as we each bring into this worship whatever it is that makes us anxious, whatever it is that unsettles us, we need the reminder that God is sovereign. Now, still, and always, God is with us. God is able to bring order out of chaos, and God, dwelling fully in Jesus Christ, invites us, even us, into that kingdom of love and justice and reconciliation that Christ brought to this world. No candidate, no policy, no platform, no government can do that. So our trust, our faith, and our salvation are in our Lord alone. Both of our texts remind us who has saved us. The letter to the Colossians says that God has rescued us. The word rescued there is the same one used to describe the rescue of the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt. Rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the beloved Son. To be invited into the kingdom of Jesus Christ means that we receive a whole lot of wonderful gifts. They're not listed in the letter to the Colossians, but to save us some time, I've made them into a list. Here's the wonderful stuff we get through this invitation into Christ's kingdom. Strength, patience, joyful thanks, inheritance with the saints, redemption, forgiveness, reconciliation, and peace. When we feel anxious or fearful, These gifts remind us that we are Christ's own, that we're part of an eternal community of saints. They remind us that we cannot and could not save ourselves. They remind us to turn with grateful dependence to Christ our King, and they remind us that even in the face of chaos in the world, we are never alone. In fact, three times in the 11 short verses of Psalm 46, the psalmist reminds us that God is a present help, that the Lord of hosts is with us. We're not the first people of faith to live in anxious times, and the psalm reminds us that God is strong enough to order all of the world's disorder. The psalm talks about two kinds of forces of chaos. First, those in the natural world. Did you hear the images? The mountains trembling, the earth changing, waters roaring. We might know these things as earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, maybe even fires spreading through a dry land. And even in the face of that tumult, the psalmist says that the Lord is our refuge and our strength a present help in trouble. In fact, not only is God present, but God is more powerful than those forces. Just after this image of the waters that are roaring and foaming, rough, even deadly waters, maybe you can envision them in your mind from some of the news coverage, even of the devastating Hurricane Matthew. Or maybe you can think at least about Al Roker, 
when he is sent to cover a hurricane. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Al Roker, who is on the Today Show. Every time there's a hurricane, Al Roker is standing in some place, holding onto a pole until we wonder, when are they going to take him out of there? It isn't safe. These are deadly and threatening waters. Think of these images of water that can actually and does actually kill. And then just after those images comes a very different picture. The psalmist says that there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Far from roaring, far from threatening life, this is an image of water flowing in an orderly course, of water giving life to the city around it. The people are glad for this water. It nourishes and sustains them. God does that. God brings that order and that life-sustaining water when the city needs it. And God is present in the midst of other chaos, too. The psalm uses parallel images to describe these natural forces and political forces. So just as the waters roar, the psalmist says that the nations are in an uproar. Just as the mountains totter, the psalmist says that kingdoms totter when God speaks. But because God is in the midst of the city, the city will not fail. It will be helped. Just as God controls the roaring waters, God is sovereign above political uncertainty as well. God not only brings order, but destroys the very means humans use to make war. God makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The very tools of war are shattered by our God's power. Roaring waters become life-giving rivers at the hands of our God. This psalm is a picture of the kingdom of God. And we, even when we are anxious Christians, are invited into that kingdom. Now that invitation doesn't mean that we just fix our eyes on the eternal, focus on glory land and remove ourselves from the world. It does not mean that we wait passively for the kingdom to come. And it also doesn't mean that we glibly dismiss whatever happens as good. Being invited into the kingdom of Christ instead means that we are called to help do the kingdom work of bringing the world to right. Remember that list of wonderful gifts from the letter to the Colossians? It means that we're called to use those to live and to work as co-laborers with Christ our King. It means that we won't place our trust in anyone or anything but Christ alone. Living as citizens of the kingdom of Christ means that we will not fall into a self-centered belief in our own strength or our own intelligence or our own plans. Instead, it means that we'll strive in everything we say and do to embody hospitality, love, and reconciliation just as Christ has shown them to us. We won't only pray that God's kingdom will come, but we will live as carriers of that kingdom good news. 
We'll welcome the stranger. We'll feed the hungry. We'll visit the prisoner. We'll love all our neighbors. Being invited into this kingdom means that we look to the witness of Jesus Christ, who is a king who did not set himself apart, but a king who drew close to the unpopular people, the weird people, the sick people, the quiet people, the invisible people, the weak, and even the artificially strong, the very people who tried to strip him of power and take it for themselves. That is the king we follow, the only king, one who never sought his own glory, but came to earth and knew hurt and was scorned and knew our pain so that we could be redeemed. In just one Sunday, one week from today, mark your calendars, we will begin the Advent waiting for the birth of that king. That king who's not just the sweet little baby Jesus, but the Messiah who broke into history to turn the world's power on its head with a new kind of kingdom, a kingdom of love and justice and reconciliation. So this week, let's prepare ourselves to live in this world as citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Let's make room for those last words in Psalm 46 to take root deep in our hearts because God is still our refuge and our strength. God has been with the anxious and fearful faithful all along, saying to us all, be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Be still in the face of roaring waters and churning politics. Be still in the face of confusion and disorder. Be still when fear threatens to overcome you, says our Lord. Know that I am God. Know that I am in the midst of the holy city and have always been here. As we try to live as people of faith in an ever-changing world, let us confess with joy that God saves us, not by clamoring for power or nurturing our fear. God saves us through the humble life, the human suffering, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the beloved Son who shows us the fullness of God. That same sovereign and powerful God is present with us even now. And though the earth should change, his kingdom endures forever. Friends, that is good news. Thanks be to God. Amen.
sins. Go now from this place, confessing the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ and having the courage to carry the kingdom good news with you. And go with the peace and confidence that God's truth abideth still and his kingdom endures forever. Amen.